WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. A Benton Harbor pastor has been honored by the Berrien County Board of Commissioners for his efforts to help those in need during the Christmas blizzard last year. Speaking this morning, Commissioner Mamie Yarbrough read from a resolution saluting Pastor Kenneth Eric Robinson. Whereas during that weather event, the city of Benton Harbor experienced a citywide power outage. And whereas the city of Benton Harbor Public Safety Department and Mayor Marcus Muhammad asked for assistance to provide a warm place for residents of River Terrace Apartments with approximately hundreds in need. And whereas Pastor Kenneth Eric Robinson and the Second Baptist Church at 600 Donald Atkins Drive answered the call. Yarborough said Robinson and his church represent the epitome of community service, reading a quote from Mother Teresa. It says, quote, love cannot remain by itself. It has no meaning. Love has to be put into action, and that action is service. Robinson said that he looks forward to continuing to serve the community. A Coloma teacher who gave a book that some parents have deemed graphic to her students will not face criminal charges. Berrien County Prosecutor Steve Perangeli has reviewed the matter after receiving a report from the Coloma Township Police Department. Perangeli says teacher Catherine Caddis did not violate the law by giving John Green's Looking for Alaska to students. He writes in a letter to Chief Wes Smigelski, the actions of the teacher, quote, may have been ill-advised, but that is a determination for the school to make, and any ramifications must be handled by the school as they see appropriate. Perangeli writes the teacher's been making the book available to students for 10 years now, and it's been in the Coloma Middle School Library for at least 10 years. Some parents have complained the book is pornographic, as they have said about multiple books in school libraries around Berrien County in recent months. Perangeli says for charges to be filed, the material given to minors would have to be harmful to them. Berrien County will soon receive $4 million as a result of a settlement between several states and the makers of opioid painkillers. Speaking at a meeting today, County Commissioner Bob Harrison said the task now is to decide how the funds will be used. Guy Miller, our health officer, is leading an initiative to bring together a number of different groups so that there's some sense of order in how best to use those dollars. Michigan is receiving $800 million from the settlement with multiple drug makers, and the $4 million is Berrien County's share. County Administrator Brian DeSette says it's coming soon. The initial inflow of cash should be happening anytime within the other coming days. We've set up a portal. We've provided the other wire transfer. This is one that it's not going to be an immediate windfall. This is an 18-year payout, roughly about $4 million over an 18-year period. Miller has said the payout should be used for education, prevention, and treatment. He's met with the sheriff, the prosecutor, and the trial court administrator, as well as the public defender, to talk about how the $4 million could be used to prevent addiction. The report will be coming to the county commission in the coming months. Corwell Health has welcomed Whirlpool Corporation Chief Information Officer Danielle Danny Brown as a new board member. Brown took her seat with Corwell at the start of the year and is one of 16 board members helping to guide the organization. Corwell President Tina Freestecker says Brown has a passion for, quote, health equity and serving our Michigan communities, adding that she's confident Brown will advance the organization's strategy. Brown is known as a global technology executive and digital governance leader, having previously served as an executive at Brunswick and DuPont. She says it's a privilege to join Corwell Health's board of directors. The effort to alleviate a staff shortage at Berrien County 911 Central Dispatch continues. 
Talking to colleagues today, Berrien County Commissioner Jim Curran said the administration committee heard this week from 911 Director Caitlin Sampsel. She outlined collaboration with other counties to meet staffing needs. Allegan County has a system identical to ours, so we've tried to partner with them. She also talked to Cass and Van Buren. Those would be physically bringing people into our dispatch center. So she's doing a uh, very good job of trying to fill that void. County Administrator Brian Asset said Samstel has appeared in a promotional video for the National Emergency Number Association. So one of the things that this group has done is a nationwide push for a series of informational videos on the importance of 911 dispatching and trying to essentially market that line of work. Curran said the staff shortage at dispatch is about a third of what's needed. However, he also said that's similar to what most counties are facing. Congressman Bill Heisinger will be in Berrien County tomorrow. He told us this week he was looking forward to his visit to get to know local leaders, residents, and employers. Been spending time in Kalamazoo and Battle Creek and Allegan, and we're getting down to Berrien County and going to be meeting with some of the business leaders and community leaders and still introducing myself to a lot of people. Obviously, you know, this is Fred Upton's hometown, and he had uh, represented it for a very long time, and so we're working on building some of those relationships up and just getting to know uh, people and letting them get Get to know me. Heisinger was to meet with Sheriff Paul Bailey, representatives of Corwell Health and the Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber, among others. The meetings are not open to the public. Heisinger is the representative of the new 4th District, which covers a northern Berrien County all the way up to the Holland area. And coming soon to the Michigan Maritime Museum in South Haven will be a presentation on the famous Boblo Island Ferries. The museum's Claire Herhold tells us filmmaker Alan Schillinger will speak virtually on February 15th about his documentary, Boblo Boats, a Detroit fairy tale. These are these steamships that were built the first decade of the 20th century, and they ferried people over from Detroit to the Boblo Island Amusement Park in Ontario, and it was just a staple for many Michiganders. Herhold says that the ferry stopped operating around the time the Boblo Island Amusement Park closed in 1993. For people who remember going to Boblo, these boats are absolutely iconic. This is such a memory, not just as a ferry to get to the amusement park itself, but the ferries themselves were part of the attraction. Schillinger's film will be screened at the presentation this month. It looks at the effort to restore the ferries, one of which is now in New York, while the other is in Detroit. Herhold says the film has received accolades for its fairy tale-style presentation. The Maritime Museum event will be at 6.30 on the 15th, and tickets are $10 for non-museum members. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden at the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington today said it seems harder than ever in the nation's capital to love thy neighbor, urging Americans to work for the common good of the country despite political differences and mentioning the newly elected House Speaker, Republican Kevin McCarthy. ABC's Karen Travers has the latest. President Biden's message at the National Prayer Breakfast Thursday morning on Capitol Hill was bipartisanship and unity through faith. And he referenced his meeting Wednesday at the White House with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, which focused on raising the debt limit and deficit reduction. Let's just sort of kind of join hands again a little bit. Let's start treating each other with respect. That's what Kevin and I are going to do. Not a joke. We had a good meeting yesterday. I think we got to do it across the board. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. The funeral of Tyree Nichols had all the hallmarks of what's known as a homegoing service in black American communities. 
comforting gospel hymns, remembrances from loved ones, and a stirring eulogy from a clergyman. But in addition to offering an outlet for the private mourning of Nichols's family and friends, the ritual was also public and political. Nichols was a black man whose beating by five police officers led to his death. His service was a venue to air the shared grief of black Americans and to once again call for leaders to address an epidemic of police violence. So this time might be different. Today, House GOP lawmakers have voted to strip Minnesota Congresswoman Ilhan Omar of her committee assignment on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. The vote was along party lines, with a slim Republican majority passing the resolution. Omar, who is a Somali refugee, came under fire in 2019 for tweets and comments that were seen as anti-Semitic. ABC's Jay O'Brien says she's the third Democratic lawmaker to lose a committee position. This is the last Democrat to be removed from a committee by this new Republican majority. It happened to two other Democrats from the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell. Kevin McCarthy, because of the way that committee is constructed, can make that decision on his own to remove those two lawmakers from the committee. He did that, but to remove Ilhan Omar from Foreign Affairs, which is something Kevin McCarthy and House leadership said they wanted to do when they took power, they had to have this vote today. President Biden is a man who writes down his thoughts and some of those handwritten musings over his decades of public service are now part of a special counsel's investigation into the handling of classified documents. It isn't clear yet what investigators are looking for by taking the notes from his time as vice president and his years in the Senate from his Delaware home. A special counsel is working to determine how classified information from Biden's time as a senator and vice president came to wind up at his home and former office and whether the notes are considered personal and therefore belong to Biden. California has had a banner rainy season this year, but it's still not enough to end the drought that's been growing for many years. The rain and snow are making a dent in the drought, though. This is ABC's Alex Stone. It's been about 40 years since California has seen this deep of a snowpack. As state officials ventured out to take their February reading, they found the snowpack is at 205% of normal. 88 inches of snow on the ground in the Tahoe area, but the drought is not over yet. New federal data out shows all of California is now out of extreme and exceptional drought, but all of the state is still in some form of drought from what's categorized as abnormally dry to severe drought. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles. The most expansive federal report in more than two decades on gun and crimes show a shrinking turnaround between the time a gun was purchased and when it was recovered from a crime scene. It indicates firearms bought legally are more quickly being used in crimes. The report also documents a spike in the use of conversion devices to make a semi-automatic gun fire like a machine gun and also the growing seizure of what are known as ghost guns. Steve Delabach is director of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, which produced the report. He says the release of the data is aimed at helping police and policymakers reduce gun violence. As the price of oil skyrockets, oil companies are lighting their pockets. More from ABC's Dave Packer. Russia's war in Ukraine has sent oil prices soaring. And an upcoming EU ban on Russian oil products could push prices even higher. That, in turn, is sending the price of gasoline, heating oil, even the price of plastics higher. So who's making money? Oil companies. Shell Oil just reporting profits of nearly $40 billion in 2022. That's more than twice as much money as the company made the year before. There are calls in Britain, Shell's home country, to tax the company's windfall profits. Dave Packer, ABC News. Ukrainian officials say Russian missiles have struck residential areas in the eastern city for the second time in 24 hours. Today's attack came while top European Union officials held talks in Kiev with the Ukrainian government as the war with Russia approaches its one-year milestone. 
The latest strikes came as rescue crews searched for survivors in the rubble of an apartment building struck by a Russian missile late Wednesday that killed at least three people and wounded 21 others. The regional governor attributed two rocket strikes to Russian forces. He said civilians were wounded in the latest strikes, which hit residential buildings in the heart of the city. And it is Groundhog Day, 30 years later. ABC's Will Gans explains it's the anniversary of the movie Groundhog Day. Every single day since 1993. What day is this? It's February 2nd. Groundhog Day. The Bill Murray comedy classic celebrating 30 years. Excuse me, where's everybody going? To Gobbler's Knob. It's Groundhog Day. And while all that repeated attention didn't necessarily put Gobbler's Knob on the map, they've been celebrating Groundhog Day there since 1887, the movie did boost tourism. Gobbler's Knob going from 5,000 to 35,000 visitors each February 2nd. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.